Indeed it is, and joined on the line now by the uh, General Secretary of the Communication Workers' Union to get the latest coming out of the industrial action out at the post office, uh, joined by Aubrey Shabalala on the line. Nopala, uh, let's welcome you here to Metro FM Talk. Uh, good evening, Ayabonga, and uh, thanks very much for having us, and good evening to Metro FM. Yes. Nopala, before we get into the post office matter, um, let's maybe speak about a matter here on our shop floor here at the SAPC. My colleague, uh, is still waiting. So, so I must just flag it uh, for that soft copy of uh, your constitution. Uh, he is very, you know, uh, very uh, keen uh, to join your trade union. So, so I must make sure that uh, I must remind you so that Xasa, uh, you can just send that through to him and uh, and uh, he has promised me that he will give you your forms. So, so let, let me just get that out of the way just as we start. No, thank you very much. Definitely, uh, you'll get it this evening. Okay. Uh, so all of you there at Metro FM must remember, by the way. No, no, no. Bakona, bakona, But no, Pala, let's go to the post office, um, where many workers, um, the bulk of whom are your members, um, are coming out saying, we join many of our counterparts in the public service in demanding a lot more than what the employer is willing to offer. They're demanding 15% across the board. What else? Well, it's 15% across the board, and uh, that uh, also we want uh, 2,500 uh, on the housing, uh, but on the, those who have bond houses. Uh, those who don't have houses, we want a 900 rent allowance. We want our medical aid not to be kept. Um, these are some of the demands that we are making uh, to the South African Post Office, cognizance of the fact that uh, in five years period, they only had only one salary increase. And uh, it might appear that it's a high, huge amount of, of, of a percentage. But I can confirm to you now that uh, a number of post office workers um, who have been there for 20 years plus, you know, their net salary that they take home, some of them is less than 5,000 rand. So when you talk of 15%, you must take that into cognizance. It's not just that we're talking of uh, people who are earning way high in terms of their salaries. Mm. Now, now, I mean, the situation, because it's not the first time, uh, Tina, we're speaking about the post office here. There's been an issue as well in the, insofar as the payment to the medical aid platform, Medipos, uh, of the post uh, office and other employer contributions that haven't come online. Um, and I guess very much part of the continuing challenges insofar as the South African Post Office and some of its entities, Post Bank and others, are concerned? Yes, we, we pulled out a big fight. Uh, there were a number of, the series of workshop pages demanding that uh, maybe post uh, be, be paid. And uh, it was eventually paid. But there were casualties. Uh, mm. uh, there was a report in Western Cape that uh, a husband of a work of post office couldn't get access to you know, medical services, and as a result, part of it uh, passed on. There's a worker that uh, was moved out of the ICU or denied access to the ICU mm. to go to public. Uh, she passed on, leaving a child of six months old. Uh, there's a worker last week in the head office again, uh, passed on. But we're saying this is part of it because we cannot say comprehensively it's only the denial, but we are saying that... Uh, Cases could have been different if uh, that worker got uh, efficient and immediate services. But the things escalated. After they paid that, this month they were informed that now they decided not to pay all of them. 
there's uh, Medipos, there's Bonitas, there's uh, Discovery and so forth. So we, we find ourselves in this roller coaster that from time to time you have to fight for the basics that you basically have if you didn't fight for, but you find yourself demanding them. So, so I'm stuck here. I mean, m- maybe let me first come to the demand and I'll come back to where I'm stuck. The distinction uh, between a housing allowance and a housing a subsidy here in the demands that the workers are making, what's that distinction? Well, there is this narrow um, definition that a person, particularly in many workplaces, when they have this uh, housing allowance or subsidy, they call it, Mm. They only give it to those people that having a bond house where they are paying a bond. Uh, and then it means that the assumption is that anyone who does not have a bond then stays somewhere in the air. Our argument as a trade union, we are saying that uh, there could be someone who is basically renting. Uh, he needs an accommodation. For one or other reason, he might not have uh, you know, chances of having his own bonded house. Others, it might be a house that you took over from someone, uh, maybe your parent or so forth. You still have to maintain that house, pay for it, and so forth. So, hence, we, have, we are making that clear distinction to say there's people that have a bond, which is a contractual uh, uh, obligation that you make with a particular bank, and uh, normally the bonds are high. And there are people who might be slightly fortunate maybe not to have a bond. Uh, but they also need to be subsidized because we believe that when you work, you don't work for charity, but you must work to support your family and relatively live what is an acceptable life in general. Now, I guess, you know, there's a bigger question here, which is, you know, we've heard rumors and murmurs, and you might know and be in the know because maybe the employer has placed these uh, issues before you. There are, to me, three things may be happening at the post office which require some reflection. The first one is that in most communities where you go at the moment where the post office would have had a footprint maybe five years ago, some of those places have closed down. I mean, I, I can probably roll off my head three that I know of, um, which means the store footprint or the points of presence of the post office are declining. And I would assume with them are the work opportunities that are emerging there. And similarly, we've also seen with the financial challenges, many people uh, calling for a business rescue uh, or in some cases even a liquidation of the post office. All of these looming realities, so closure of points of presence, layoff of workers, potential you know, termi- terminal end of the post office as we understand it. How do all of these factors further complicate, I guess, you know, this dialogue that we hope is happening now between the employees and the employer? I'm glad you arrived at that question because precisely that's what we want to raise uh, as a trade union movement. And people were saying, if post office faces all these challenges and you are demanding the one, two, three, how on earth do you expect to get there? And this is the debate we are raising, that uh, post office is not naturally in dire status. There's concerted effort to make it weakened to basically kill it from inside and then finally privatize it. Hence, there's calls for red business rest. You don't need that. Let, let me give you immediate solution, even without a bailout. I was explaining this to the Minister of Finance. I said the government, in terms of 2015, not even now, 2015 states, was spending over 20 billion rand a month and a year 
on, on postal and courier services. Now, what does that mean? It means that uh, if you give 60% of that business to post office alone, you have already rescued. So immediately there is a, a, a turnover. But we also have issues of um, which are partly done, which are taken to private sector, strangely though, issues of uh, zero to one kg, which is something that is legislated in this country uh, that we don't have to debate about. But we find that post office is struggling. Where post office exists and they close its offices, some of the reason behind the closure of the offices does not really make any uh, substantial argument. I'll make an example. They will close one office across the road and move into a very expensive space in a mall and leave their own building to deteriorate. Mm. And then later on, they say, we don't have money to pay rent. Don't you think it's something that is artificially done to cripple post office? By the way, post office is uh, number two among state-owned entities in terms of owning land and property. Yeah, That's I mean, that real estate portfolio, most of these buildings yeah. I'm talking about where, that have closed, probably out of the three that come to mind for me, only one actually is in a mall yeah. that they don't own. But the rest is standalone properties that they have. I mean, I just think Absolutely. even of one a big one here, just in Malville, not far from where we are now. Absolutely. So it's a well-manufactured problem. And you find that most of the executives that leave post office, they go straight into the postal courier businesses where they know exactly what, which network they've crippled and they can explore it. So we're fighting that. We are fighting as something that is, is uh, you know, one of the, the wise men says that uh, make it unworkable, uh, defund it, make people angry, then privatize it. Uh, so it, it's an old method uh, that uh, the system mm. uses to collapse the SOE. That's why we are standing very firm. I mean, post office is a lucrative business. Uh, compared to many, particularly under the COVID uh, situation where there were lockdowns, there was a shift from buying, you know, directly. People were moving online buying. Uh, when you buy something online, it does not deliver yourself, itself to the doorstep. Mm. It needs that courier uh, postal services. Now, why do you have multinational companies, this is post office from Germany, yeah. like a DHL, to come and flourish here whilst we have our own. So, we're no, that point. No, Pala, let's do this. Hold the line there for me for a second, because I think the point you're raising is critical. And we're going to come back uh, to that on the other side of this brief break. It is indeed 17 minutes now before 8 p.m. You tuned in, or 9 p.m., I should say. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. I'm in conversation with the General Secretary of the Communication Workers Union. We're talking about the industrial action out at the South African Post Office. And, uh, Nopala, just before we went to the break, I guess you were raising some of the issues and the contradictions around many people who are saying this is the really the death of postal services as we understand it. But you're saying, well, even e-commerce, which is thriving, and we talk about it every time when we see the results of many entities coming through. I mean, NASPERS last week continues to buy many e-commerce businesses across the world, which require postal services, but albeit in a different form. Uh, so uh, no longer the stamps and all of that stuff. Uh, but I want to ask you, I mean, how, how does the post office which according to the Postal Act of South Africa has a monopoly, an effective monopoly on parcels under one kilogram. How do you squander a monopoly? I mean, it must be the biggest example in the post-apartheid period of being given a legislative monopoly and you squander it. How did that happen? 
firstly, I, I think that uh, it's what I've been raising. It's been done deliberately. And for our government, for the state to liberalize the industry, uh, but yet allow the multinationals to use the entire network mm. uh, without any, uh, you know, um, recapitulations on that. We are saying that, let's talk about the zero to one kg. It's a monopoly on paper. It's not really practical because when you go out practical, the people that are striving there is those multinational companies. But we are saying, as a union, we are cognizant of the fact that uh, firstly, they've already created jobs, so you cannot just wish them away. Uh, they've already established themselves them here in South Africa and paying tax and all of that. But we are saying that. Noting that the legislation on the matter, why is it not post office be the one is a licensee or license issuer so that it gains some profit out of it? Mm. Whilst the network in South Africa is not shrink, workers that are working in those institutions are not losing their jobs. So we are cognizant of those things. So there's a number of things that you can do around that. So we feel that one of the things in this monopoly that they talk about is also on the pricing list that is not mentioned. Post office cannot um, increase its services in line with the market-related prices because it is regulated. Now, what does that mean, is that if I have a parcel here in Johannesburg, I want to send it to Cape Town. If I were to use post office, I'll spend between 65 rand and 80 rand. Uh, but if I were to go to private sector, that's around 235 upwards. What does that mean? It means that the post office with one parcel, it cannot fly this thing to Cape Town. Mm. It have to wait for a number of parcels to at least afford that transport of going down to Cape Town. In the meantime, it makes its services inefficient. Now, the private sector will immediately afford to fly down that uh, product or whatever you are sending down to Cape Town with insurance and even gaining profit out of it. So whilst we are regulating and calling it monopoly, uh, we are not doing justice if we are not subsidizing because it's correct to regulate post office so that the poor can have access sure, sure. to universal uh, services. But when you do that, you must subsidize so that it can compete efficiently with those who are in the space. So that, that's been our argument. And we don't see a crisis where we are sitting. We are just saying uh, recapitalize post office, modernize it. There's instant results. Uh, we don't understand why institutions such as banks are issuing out a um, passport. Why is that? Why the state has to deal, do a business with mm. the private sector, which you have your own institution that has a capacity to do that. Yeah, uh, yeah, no and, 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 yeah. Just, just on this point you're raising, because in a way, most, the post office has also become a window into government services, right? So I can go and renew my license disc with Inatis and the Department of Transport at the post office. I can go and pay my lights bill in some cases at the post office and there are many other services um you know uh, and you mentioned now that home affairs for instance will collaborate with the banks but i don't recall at any stage where i could go and collect my id card which i still need to go and collect by the way uh, from the post office um what what is the management of the sapo said to yourselves about getting all of these end-to-end partnerships. Because to the earlier point you made about the real estate of the post office, I mean, you go in and there are many desks and kiosks that are empty. The only ones that are full of of the other services of government that people can access via the post office. Why is, has the post office come back and said, look, we are talking to these other people within the state who can help us. I mean, I would love to go and 
you know, submit my tax returns uh, out at the post office. But uh, at the moment, that is not a possibility. Well, uh, this is part of the uh, things that I've mentioned that it's deliberate. When last did you have that post office had the entire executive mm. that is employed full time existing? You, you, we always struggle. So acting CFO, acting C, acting this, acting so. CFO. So it's Hollywood so basically. Everyone is it, acting. It's Hollywood. Everyone is acting. Now you, you don't have a management that will say it's only it was Matt Barnes. Now is Namkita as CEO, but they still have acting executives. So, mm. firstly, we have to establish, we have a department that is not efficient in terms of that. You have to establish an institution that has people that are accountable to a board, uh, that is stable, so that they can do these things. So, every time you find a new CEO, he comes and starts things afresh. There's no continu- continuity and all of those things. So, these are the things to us. When you look and we analyze them, we said this is deliberate. Uh, and for, for the minister, for example, last week, uh, two weeks back, and say, uh, you know, I, I cannot find post office. Some of the SOEs must go and do business uh, with, 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 with the private sector. We, we said, look, that's a very hypocrisy of, of the treasury because a large portion of the business in post office has been taken by private sector. And uh, it's through state intervention, uh, such as bottlenecking its functionalities, around the regulation of prices, but they went further. Uh, they now took out the post bank. Who dictates them that they must take out the post bank is a South African Reserve Bank, which is an institution. So we are arguing that a private sector, such as South African Reserve Bank, does not make law. The lawmakers are parliamentarian. So we are surprised that the South African Reserve Bank dictates to parliamentarians that separate post office from 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 post bank, mm. which is a bad international trend because the best part is international trend is that you find uh, uh, every post office in the world having a financial wing and that financial wing is a post bank. Mm. You can create that post bank as a state bank, people's bank, whatever you name it, lower interest, so that the poor can thrive throughout those things. Sure. Those who, who cannot go to a a land, uh, you know, um, uh, 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 bank where they for big farming, they can rely on post bank for small farming so that they can start businesses mm. in the rural areas and stuff. So those are things that we have long raised that the post office can play a significant role in on it. No pala. Yep. We have to leave it there. Diabulela. No pala wabasasazi. No pala wendateli. No pala wonoposi. No pala wabasebenzi. Abasebenza kukagamshelo ano. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, that day is the General Secretary of the Communication Workers Union speaking to us tonight about the latest there at the SAPO. I, when I was a customer of the SAPO, I, guys, I, I complain. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think I've raised this even with some of the people who uh, I know are quite close to the action in Mushu and to say, I, guys, no, man. Yo, community centers as vibrant. What do you think? Yeah, look, a lot has been happening, and uh, you know, we're gonna come back to some of your voice notes there on corporal punishment, but just wanted to take a slight detour into uh, that story. I think many of us heard the horrific clip there, which uh, I must say unsettled me somewhat. Belinda McGaw 
Now, uh, it seems the Azanian People's Organization, Azapo, Amatawa, visited uh, earlier on today, Belinda, uh, to say hello, hi. Uh, because, uh, of course, she had put out the voice note in defense of Pitbull saying, actually, you know what, black people should be killed. They are rapists, thieves, calling for them to be killed, calling for black women's uteruses to be taken out. You can imagine. Now, she's expected to appear in court next year after she was released on a warning uh, for some of these incendiary remarks. SABC senior reporter Criselda Lewis was there. Oh, I'm at our... Uh, yeah, the Azanian People's Organization uh, paying a visit there to Belinda McGaw. You might want to comment on that. We're going to take.